I'm Phil Jones from ITG Next and your host for our weekly podcast, Next State Georgia. We'll bring you this podcast once a week, featuring those personalities from the world of high school sports throughout Georgia and beyond. That's the Next State Georgia podcast, heard every week right here at ITG Next. Welcome to Next State George, everybody. It's a weekly podcast brought to you by ITG Next. I'm your host, Phil Jones, and we will try to bring in great guests to bring you up to speed on what's happening around the state when it comes to high school sports. And I can't think of a better guest than the one that joins us this week. It's the executive director of the GHSA. Dr. Robin Hines joins us. Dr. Hines, thanks so much as always for your time. It's my pleasure as always. Listen, I, I, I was doing my pre, uh, pre-show notes and trying to think about, gosh, where do we start? Because there's really so much on the table. Um, I guess I'll start with, uh, let, let's talk about the, uh, the thing that's making headlines really everywhere. And that's the names in likeness thing that, uh, of course, has started at the collegiate level, but it's trying to creep its way into the high school level uh, and kind of give us an update on where Georgia is and the GHSA stance on NIL as it applies to uh, Georgia high school state athletes. Well, the first thing is, is uh, it's, it's not creeping in. It's here. You know, there are 28 states across the country that have already adopted bylaws and languages language to allow NIL activities, you know, within the high schools. Now, you know, as far as the colleges go, you know, that thing kind of got ahead of them, I think, a little bit. And, you know, what we want to do is be proactive and figure out what it is. You know, we don't want to be the test case, if you know what I mean. You know, there are some kids here in Georgia that have gotten representation as far as that goes. And so what we want to do is to make sure that we handle this thing the right way. And generally speaking, name, image, and likeness, you know, everybody has one and it belongs to them, but intellectual property belongs to the school and the association. So this will be really elementary and we've got a long way to go and a lot to learn. And, you know, I'm in conversations with our attorney and some NIL people, attorneys and that thing, you know, from elsewhere to make sure that we go about this thing the right way. But this is not people think it's paying people to play football, for instance. That's not the case at all. You know, as far as name, image, and likeness, as I said, it belongs to that individual. We have amateur rules that are already in place, and it may have to be adjusted or not or whatever. The undue influence is there. You hear a lot of conversation, uh, you know, in the colleges about collectives, you know, which is like third parties raising money to uh, provide money for NIL deals. That will not be a part of what the high school associations do you know you can't the intellectual property you just think of it as as terms of the thing owned by the school the uniforms footage of games and all that stuff that would never be allowed to to happen but as far as an individual if somebody wants them to endorse a product is like robin hines endorses a smoothie from a store or something like that as long as i don't impede on the intellectual property that belongs to somebody else that would be okay but we've got a long long way to go 
before we're prepared to do that. We're looking at several states and what they've done, and and we will, uh, you know, take it from there. And hopefully, we'll we'll be prepared to put something out there for the membership in April. Absolutely. Uh, talking to Dr. Robin Hines, Executive Director of the GHSA, it's always fun when we catch up with the Executive Director because there's always something happening. And certainly great items worth talking about uh, amongst fans like you listening to this podcast. Dr. Hines, I want to talk about the flag football issue. Boy, it is really uh, has grown some wings here since its inception a few years back. And I know you know, we're situated, of course, we're a statewide company like you guys are. We're located in, in the southern part of the state. And I know that that has been an issue in talking with Ernie, uh, trying to get more input and more involvement with some of the schools south of, of Macon, if you will. Uh, and that looks like it's really uh, making some progress. I know I talked to a couple of athletic directors who I will keep unnamed, but uh, in the southern part of the state who uh, said they're uh, actively looking at starting a flag football team. That's got to be encouraging to you and the rest of the folks there at GHSA. Well, there's no question. And, and when they do, they won't be sorry. You know, it's certainly our fastest growing sport. And it's quickly becoming one of my favorite sports to spectate. Uh, you know, those, those girls compete and all, but we would like to see more schools in the southern part of the state. But, you know, we've grown and grown and grown. And, you know, we're now at about 240 schools and, uh, you know, that are that are participating, you know, which is pretty good. You know, of course, you know, we went to three classifications this year and uh, plan to stay there, you know, for next year, of course. And we'll look and see what we've got. But, but yeah, it's it's been a a great thing for the association and more than that it's been a great thing for these young ladies you know throughout and giving them another outlet to compete absolutely dr hines uh let's talk about uh of course uh, i guess probably since we last spoke uh, the announcement that the uh, state championship games in, in football and flag football would be going back to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, that really is, uh, was encouraging, I know, with uh, high school football fans all across the state. Talk about the feedback you've gotten from that since you guys have made that announcement in conjunction with the Atlanta Falcons. Well, the feedback that I've gotten personally has been all positive. You know, you always get a few social media comments. You know, that just goes with the territory. You know, because whenever you do something like this, you're not going to make everybody happy. But, you know, it goes down to this. You know, if there is a way for us to provide the best venue in the world for our young people to compete in, then we want to do that. And and like I say, uh, you know, we've got a great relationship with the Falcons and, you know, Rich McKay has, and I have continued to talk ever since we left, really. And, uh, of course, they're such a supporter of girls' flag football. And, you know, while I think we would have done a good job and had a lot of participation and all that stuff, they have provided great incentives for our schools in terms of grants and all to really get it going, to let it blossom. And, and as it did, you know, that relationship continued to blossom. And we began to look for ways about what, how we could do this and bring it back. And, uh, you know, we actually – looked at last year but time was a factor and uh you know so we we and what i have to say george state has been a great partner of ours as well and we'll partner with them in some other areas such as semifinal basketball in their new arena and all that charlie cobb patrick hatcher have been nothing but wonderful but 
uh, you know, they certainly understand that for us to be able to get into the bins and an indoor thing. And of course, I say it tongue in cheek. It gives me uh, comfort to know that we'll be playing indoors and don't have to look at a bad forecast to determine, you know, how uh, many people are going to come to the game. Of course, that being said, we did get snowed out of that indoor facility one time. But, <laughs> That's right. But, but that was crazy. But we're we're real excited and, and feel good about things and feel good about how we're going to be able to structure. You know, we feel like that – and they feel like that, you know, you know, they're five, six years into this building and, and, and they know uh, how to operate that building better now, obviously, than they did the first year, you know, when we were there. So – you know, there's some ways that we can restrict some seating and still have 30,000 seats to make sure we have enough for everybody, you know, uh, coming forward and all that and some concessions as far as our digital ticketing, being able to allow that, which can, uh, you know, reduce the cost of the ticket for the fan. But you also have to understand that, you know, the experience that those kids are going to get for playing in there and the fan experience is that way too. And, 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 you know, it costs a little more to run that facility than it did the old dome and, and Georgia State and that sort of thing. And, and we understand that, but we have some things in place and we're going in confident and looking forward to the next three years. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, I know attendance has always been a strong point, uh, and I'm sure that came into the discussion. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, folks pile back into uh, to the dome to to watch these uh, state championship games. I did want to ask you about the schedule. Now, do I understand that the schedule is going to back up a day or two uh, to start midweek? Uh, give me an update on that. Well, typically, you know, we've played on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of the second weekend in December, and it'll push back to the following Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with some flexibility to be able to go Monday because the NFL still has the option of playing on Thursday. So if they want to play on Thursday, we have to go on Monday and without getting too deep in the weeds. But when you're talking about going from bowl game to an NFL game to a high school game, as far as the turnover with the field and all that extra day starting on Tuesday would certainly benefit us financially, you know, as far as overtime and, you know, people working because, you know, you got to pay those folks that are flipping the field, you know, and, and so that's what it is. You know, we feel like it's pretty good. Pulled a lot of football coaches and they were certainly okay with that. You know, some positives could be that, you know, if you get some people dinged up in the semis and all that, you can have a couple extra days to get them well. You also have a couple extra days to prepare, you know, those sorts of things. But, uh, you know, if there would be a negative, from that, we would be going from playing on three school days from two school days. We're wrapping up with Dr. Robin Hines. Uh, I know uh, that you are on a short leash, Dr. Hines, and I want to respect that, so I won't keep you much longer. Just a couple of more questions if you've got a few minutes for me. I do. Okay. So I want to stick with football, Dr. Hines, and I want to ask you another topic. And You know, I host a show, obviously, and we're in the weeds when it comes to high school sports, really, and, and high school football. And I'm, I'm trying to share with you some of the things that I hear a lot of discussion about. And uh, one of those topics is the minimum seating requirements for the state semifinals. I know that that was a bit – well, I guess it's always an issue, but I think we had three games – 
where that was uh, uh, an issue this past year. Has there been any discussion about maybe uh, updating or changing the roles of minimum seating requirements for the semifinals? There are, and typically it really hasn't been a problem. We had not had many games moved, and True. there's always the option that is provided by moving seating in to meet those requirements. And this particular year, I don't know if it was trying to move the game off of a home slot to gain a competitive balance or advantage or, you know, those sorts of things. So, so we'll, we'll be talking about those things and can they appropriately handle that. But typically, you know, we have some schools that, for instance, have moved up in classification due to the multiplier. And they met the requirement at the previous classification. You know, we've granted waivers to them in the past and most everywhere else, you know, the schools have come, you know, I have to have 6,000, I've got 5,000 in there. And they agree to the waiver and they sign off of it and play the game. And this is just discussion to put more guardrails on that so that we don't get into that situation. You know, we certainly don't want to play at five o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday in the metro area. That's not advantageous for anybody and i think that attendance in those games it shows up but it is something that we've got to look at and we've got to address and do what's going to be the best thing for the association dr hines i've asked all the questions what can you tell us about other issues that uh, you and the board and the folks at ghsa are kicking around right now what's making headlines across high school sports in georgia video review and football championships yes now, you can really get in the weeds in that. You know, everybody watches TV and they think instant replay and all that sort of stuff, but there's an awful lot that goes into that. I had a conversation with uh, Rich McKay, being the president of the Mercedes-Benz and, and all that stuff is on the rules committee and all. You know, there are nine pages of ins- training instructions for the officials in that. It's, it's a highly complicated issue. It's not as simple as that. you got to figure out, how are you going to do it? Are you going to allow coaches challenges? Who is actually going to look at it? What what plays are reviewable? And we're going through that thing painstakingly, and we'll have something in place. And I fully expect that to be approved in April. You know, we're, we're pretty much done with, with it. We just have to polish it up a little bit. And, you know, I think everybody is for it. I think that, that the officials are for it. You know, as you know, we had a call in one of the championships where, you know, obviously the kid was short on third down and, you know, the official there was confident that he got in the end zone. It turns out that he did. You know, this is the type of thing that, that we would be able to take a look at, you know, from the booth and just structurally talking about adding a communications person on the field that will communicate with the white hat of when to stop the game and you'll have somebody that will communicate with him in the box and you'll have the actual reviewer as well and the policy itself will apply where the appropriate technology exists in the championship games and obviously it it can with 29 cameras at (laughs) at the bins you know yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I, I guess, obviously, the move of the, of the championship games back to Mercedes-Benz certainly precipitated and made it much easier to consider uh, going to instant replay. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And, you know, you know, they do it all the time there. And, and we just need to plug our process in and go and make it work because we want it to be right. Officials get it right 99.9% of the time. But, and if you have a play like this, 
you know, once every five years, you still don't want that to happen. And so, uh, you know, I have concerns, you know, that you're on a schedule and you don't want to go too long and have review after review after review. But at the same time, if it does cost us a little more time and we get it right, it's worth it. Dr. Robin Hines, Executive Director, GHSA. Uh, Dr. Hines, you guys do a great job. I brag on you all the time. You guys have got a, a, a tough job uh, to police the entire state and the, the thousands of uh, student athletes and coaches and administrators that take part in this uh, this great thing we have, which is high school sports in Georgia. And I think uh, as, as associations go, uh, and as states go, you guys do it as well as anybody, Dr. Hines. And as always, I appreciate you taking time to explain things to us. My pleasure, and thank you for all you do for high school athletics. See you later, Dr. Hines. All right, man. Y'all take care. Bye-bye. All right. Have a great day. There he is, Dr. Robin Hines, Executive Director of the GHSA. We try to uh, communicate with Dr. Hines uh, once every quarter or so, either here on Next Take Georgia or check out my weekly podcast, Extra Point with Phil Jones. It's our Facebook Live show, which you can catch live every Monday at 5 p.m. at ITG Next Georgia's Facebook page, or you can check out the archived editions as well. Either way, we are keeping you up to speed on what's happening in the world of high school sports in Georgia right here on Next Take Georgia, our weekly podcast brought to you by ITG Next. I'm your host, Phil Jones. Thanks again to Dr. Robin Hines, Executive Director of the GHSA, for joining us this week. Be sure to check back with us next week where we'll have another great guest and great news and updates on what's happening in the world of high school sports in Georgia. Have a great day, everybody.